Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Have you guys seen Chuck Norris lately? He's still kicking butt, staying active well into his 80s. What's even more shocking is he looks more jacked than ever and seems to have more energy than guys half his age. And it's all thanks to Morning Kick, a revolutionary new daily drink from Roundhouse Provisions that combines ultra-potent greens like spirulina and kale with probiotics, prebiotics, collagen, and even ashwagandha. Just mix it with water, stir, and enjoy. Unlike the other green drinks out there, this one tastes exactly like strawberry lemonade, has hundreds of five-star reviews. I love the taste of this. I love the way that I feel after drinking it. I've never felt better. My digestion is smoother. Body looks leaner. I have energy all day. I just feel younger. And the flavor is so much better than other green drinks. Go to roundhouseprovisions.com slash Fightful for up to 44% off your regular priced order. Every purchase is packed with a 90-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to experience smoother digestion, boost of energy, and overall a healthier body, go to roundhouseprovisions.com slash Fightful today. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us for your ROH, or I guess me, just me today, for your ROH and later your TNA post show with Cresta Star and Rob Wilkins tonight. Joel is off, Reg is off, and instead of having a co-host because today was such a weird little episode, I thought I would go solo and we could talk a little bit more about ROH in, ge- in general. Um There's some stuff that I think have some overarching conversations as we get a little closer to Supercard of Honor here. Uh, It was just such a short episode. We had an hour and seven minute runtime on this one. So get in those Super Chats. No Humper Chats tonight, but please leave a thumbs up on this video if you would be so kind. Quick episode. This happens a lot, I've noticed. When they are taping for pay-per-views, we do tend to get kind of compromised episodes with shorter run times, less momentum happening. And this time we also have collision getting pre-taped, right? So kind of unsurprising that this was the case this time around. Uh, We got a nice chat here from Matthew Hooks that I'm just going to leave up. I'm just going to leave up until someone else says something nice about my hair and pays money for it. Kate, your hair is perfect. Decent episode though. Feels like they should have had more. No champs, few matches and not main peeps featured is rough need more 
that is kind of the the overall sentiment, I think, of what we got tonight, which is unsurprising going into the pay-per-view, like I said. But we're going to talk about tonight's episode, and then we'll get into some some more generic stuff. Feel free to uh, get those regular chats in as well. I'll be pulling some of those up to help sustain me as I'm flying solo. But before we dive in, in addition to leaving a thumbs up, in addition to sending in super chats about ROH or my hair, we ask you to subscribe to FightfulSelect.com as well with 12,000 other people. Reg couldn't be bothered to show up for this show, but he was able to show up for Ask Rhapsody Live, which you get every other week behind the paywall, as well as all the scoops in the game. A ton of bonus episodes of different podcasts. Sean's Q&A, which I always put over big time because I think it's one of the most valuable resources out there, as well as myself and Alex Pulaski doing paywalled pay-per-view post shows try saying that 10 times fast but we'll be doing that this weekend for revolution you'll have iridian and phil on the main channel they're both fantastic you'll love them but if you want something with a little bit of a different flavor that's what alex Kalaski and i do so uh please join us over there if you're interested or i'm sure alex and i will be running longer than iridian and phil that is our other uh our other caveat is we tend to go very long so uh, subscribe to Five Full Select, best $5 in the biz. <clears throat> I have some personal questions that I asked Sean about when it comes to ROH, about missing talent, specifically Mark Sterling's trio. Uh, we haven't seen Josh Woods, Tony Nese, or Mark Sterling around. This was right after Tony Nese was kind of just getting really pushed. So I did ask him about that. We haven't gotten any answers on those things, but did have questions about that. Um, so some some key missing talent that was getting really heavily pushed and then just fell off. I, I don't know what the deal is there, but Stu Grayson came back to have this really, really cool story with the Dark Order and uh, the Righteous never really went anywhere. We haven't seen Stu Grayson since. So a couple of questions about certain talent, but overall felt like the product is moving in the right direction, except for, of course, the lack of champions, which was definitely noticeable on tonight's show because... Not only was there a sincere lack of champions, there was also a lack of, for better word, top guys. And kind of feels like that's been the case a lot. But having no Ethan Page in addition to having no champions on the show really felt like um, this was a bit of a compensatory week, which isn't the worst thing in the world. This is kind of how every week felt <laughs> when we were six months ago or so. It felt like every week was just a collection of matches. So I will take it, but let's dive in and we'll talk some more about the the lack of champions being around and how I feel that's affecting the product, especially going into Supercard of Honor in about just over a month. But we do start off with a really wonderful match between Queen Amanada and Taya Valkyrie, who's been doing some fantastic work. Um, Reg and I have talked at length, and it was true on this show as well, um, how different each of these matches have felt in this tournament and how that can be something that's really tricky to do. That's something that's tricky to produce. Little less vital on this because it was the only tournament match of the night. Very tricky to do when you have four different tournament matches <laughs> in one night, but it was a really, really good one. Commentary, always incredible here. Like, I can't say enough about Ian and Caprice and how damn good they are at this, but... I love, right in the beginning, them pointing out that Taya Valkyrie, since coming into ROH and in general, usually has such an advantage with her strength and her size. But Queen Aminata 
is kind of an equal in that regard. Like she has a ton of strength. She's, she's um, tall and she presents even taller with her presence is really, really incredible. Um, but this was a really, really, really fun match. Some kind of classic heel and face stuff in this that I really liked. Um, Taya Valkyrie threw Queen Amanada into the barricade and was kind of jaw jocking her with a suplex. Um, the, it, it didn't hit all that hard, but what I loved was a couple times now we've seen Queen Amanada get pissed off at something their opponent does. And that kind of flips the switch in her. That was the case in this match as well. Um, this really, really backfired on Taya Valkyrie as we have Queen Amanada locking in an STF and a German suplex kind of laying in some punishment there. And then, uh, you know, she gets the win here with kind of a surprise pin, which I really, really liked. That brings Taya Valkyrie's undefeated streak at ROH to an end here. Um, she has this whole other side thing going on with the boys and with Johnny TV. So I kind of expected it to go this way. And one thing that's been a little bit of a bummer is they are really tipping the hand on the fact that Queen Amanada is going to win this tournament. It feels like she is the only person getting so many promos post-match and she's great at them. She's, she's really an incredible presence and I love her promo style. But later we do get a vignette, her talking about this being a tough fought victory, talking about how, you know, this tournament started with so many women and only one can be left standing and it's going to be her so some really good stuff to open the show um oh thank you guys for the chat you're helping me out so much as i'm flying solo here um but <laughs> taylor who's always so great to us saying hello okay i think your hair is great well thank you i appreciate that I did not get a chance to catch ROH, but I did want to support one of my favorite Fightful people. Well, darn it, you're one of my favorite Fightful people. You're always um, always good vibes and always so supportive of us, and we appreciate that. And I will take any hair compliments. I appreciate it so much. Um, so <laughs> thank you so much. And Shotkin29 saying, the compensatory feeling is due to filming. I think they had to film everything tonight and Collision and next week at Collision. Yeah, there's... <clears throat> There's been a couple of times when going into pay-per-views, these episodes have felt a little bit weaker, and that only was going to be magnified when they had to pre-tape Rampage and Collision and this, right? Right? They pre-tape? Did they pre-tape Rampage? I don't remember. But pre-taping another two-hour show on the same taping schedule is, of course, going to stress out the product. I'm really glad that they, instead of saying, let's give you two hours of a bunch of superfluous matches, they said, let's give you one hour with some consequential matches, some inconsequential matches, instead of fatiguing us with a bunch of just random matchups. They've done that in the past before. It was very frustrating. This is a much cleaner and smoother direction. I appreciated that, but you're absolutely right. I think a lot of that fatigue um, or a lot of this feeling so compensatory has to do with that taping schedule for sure. We got some chats if it's out Dalton Castle and the boys and everything that this episode closed with, which we are definitely going to get to. Got a lot more show to talk about first, though. We have a match with Mike Seidel, Matt Seidel's brother, who comes to the ring and with the yoga mat attached to him. Love my little hippies. I'm a vegan. I appreciate it. <laughs> also do yoga when I'm being good about myself. But uh, Lee Johnson getting the win here. No surprise with this. 
Uh, you have Lee Johnson planting Seidel with a side slam for the victory. And Lee Johnson kind of quietly sneaking up here. This is his sixth singles victory. Absolutely love it. Commentary, again, doing a great job pointing out that these guys are kind of evenly matched size-wise. Lee Johnson. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I would put in this category, but from the time ROH got cooking under the AEW umbrella till now might be the most improved ROH talent that we've seen. It is incredible how much this guy has um, transformed, particularly his offense, I feel like, in the ring. I think it's so rewarding. This is my favorite part about reviewing ROH. This is my favorite part about reviewing NXT. When you see talent like this, blooming and blooming and blooming, it rules. Because the direction will come. But when you see getting reps and improvement week over week, I love it. It makes me so happy. Uh, that's exactly what we've gotten out of Lee Johnson. Makes me really happy. And I'm curious to know the chat thoughts on this too, because Shane Taylor Promotions was like kind of scouting him out a little bit, right? And then they kind of just glazed past it. But I think they might want to take another look at this guy. We know Shane Taylor is signed now, thanks to FightfulSelect.com, best $5 in the biz. Uh, him and Lee Moriarty are a really fun duo, but Shane Taylor promotions historically, and I believe moving forward should be like three or more guys. Um, the trios division <laughs> is weak on both rosters is weak in ROH because the titles are never the frick around. So what are we ever actually building toward with trios matches? Nobody knows. Um, in AEW, the rankings come out and it'll be like Mark Briscoe and the Hardys are ranked number three. Like that's not great. So I think what we're leaning toward is probably some sort of unification here. Historically, that has not favored this era of ROH, right? Um, so I, I have mixed feelings on that. I would love for them to be kind of world trios titles. We talked about this yesterday, Sean and I did on the AEW post show, um, reiterating that here. I would love for that to be the case, but I want them actually defended. I want my belts around ROH, and I'm going to whine about it on the internet until they give that to me. But that being said, Shane Taylor Promotions was such a staple in that trios division. And what I loved with Shane Taylor Promotions and specifically was they could be six-man champions. They could all go their separate ways. It could be Shane Taylor and a tag team behind up. Like, there was, there was so much pliability with the group that he was representing um, and kind of bringing to the forefront here. I think Lee Johnson fitting in there could be really cool. I think it could be a really fun move because he offers something that's so different than Shane Taylor and so different than Lee Moriarty. And that's what I always like in trios and groups. That's one thing that I love about House of Black is like Brody King feels so different from Malachi, feels so different from Buddy. And I, I love that because it makes you feel like the person on the other side of the ring can't realistically prepare for what you're going to throw at them, right? So um, I I would love that. If not, if they're just pushing him as a singles guy, that works too. That's awesome. He's He's clearly putting in the work and he is absolutely blossoming it makes me so happy to see but uh i really am so happy to see that growth and and intrigued to see where it goes because we were obviously working towards ethan page and 
Kyle Fletcher for that TV title, right? Eddie Kingston hasn't been around in two months. So that sucks. <laughs> I don't know who we're building toward for the world title picture because we don't have a world title picture. It's a very, very frustrating thing that we continually run into. Excuse me while I fix my charger. It's the worst part about doing a solo show is little things like that. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I... I don't know who the guy to hand off to in ROH is unless Dalton breaking away from the boys is going to be that. But I feel like Lee Johnson should be set up for a world title shot and lose because he's probably not quite ready for that yet. Or Ethan Page wins that TV title. Big Shotty Lee is a challenger pretty soon. Pretty soon. That's what I'm hoping for. I think that would be a really good thing to work toward. I don't know what's going on with the pure division at all. Cause there's not really a division, but that would kind of be cool too. Like, is there a pure wrestler in there that we can pull out? I think this version of Lee, maybe there is. So that could be really cool. Shot quiz 29 saying, I will say with how much better ROH has been, I can actually sort of enjoy a throwaway episode when everything on the show is enjoyable. Yes. I think the shorter runtime definitely helps that out when they had throwaway episodes and they would be, I remember I reviewed one episode. It ended with one of my favorite tag matches they've ever done. So I can't like fully complain about it. It was 19 matches. I don't know how Luis moderated it. It was exhausting. It ended with Samoa Joe and Zack Sabre Jr. versus Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel. It's one of my favorite, 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 favorite tag matches they've ever done because it's one of the few tag matches that actually accomplished properly the textbook will they coexist trope they did it to perfection and all four guys had something at stake in it it was brilliant but 18 matches before it <laughs> absolutely brutal especially because none of them were really champions i think claudio came in and squashed someone that was it um so wildly frustrating um but Keeping it to an hour seven on a light week like this makes sense because we still had that women's tournament match, right? And Dalton Castle and the boys custody battle with Johnny TV also had stakes. So I appreciate that it was pared down. And yeah, it's kind of fun to have some things that feel more exhibition focused in a sense in that way. Thank you guys for the support today. Continue to get in those super chats. Um, I appreciate it as I'm navigating solo today, but excited to talk about this episode was like five matches or something. It was very short. Um, so I'm excited to kind of talk in a, at a higher level about what we've got going on, uh, in ROH and to, to get your guys thoughts. Cause I think, think Reg and I kind of reiterate the same things week over week. And I think the product is in a healthier direction than it's been. So that's really cool, but I'm, I'm interested to see if we take the temperature, what you guys think as compared to six months ago or so, or if you're just jumping in what your thoughts are as well. So that was a really fun match between Lee Johnson and Mike Seidel. And we moved on to something completely different as they say, I'm Monty Python. Uh, <laughs> we got commander versus Blake Christian commander. This is another healthy thing. I think uh, getting the win here over Blake and this match was a whole heck of a lot of fun. This has Commander hitting a moonsault on the outside. And then you can see Blake Christian is kind of rocked. Commander throws him back into the ring. 
goes to the top rope for that roadblock shooting star press, winning a really, really fun match. What I love about this is Blake Christian has Lucha proclivities. (laughs) He definitely can do some incredibly impressive aerial stuff, but he also has a really strong foundation that helps ground matches and keep things extremely logical. And of all the people, and this feels so sacrilegious to say without Reg here, but like of all the flipping and spinning that we get, Commander, I think is my favorite because, because I come from the perspective of things making sense. That's just my favorite thing as a fan. I like it when it feels, it helps me buy into the wrestling match. If every move feels like you're trying to win a match, if you can do it in a really impressive acrobatic way, I am all in. Um, But sometimes with Lucha, the place that I get lost is it feels more just for the pageantry than for the sake of winning the match. Commander keeps things very logical, I feel like, most of the time. Like, it, it never feels superfluous for the sake of being superfluous. Like, all of the impressive stuff he does is to either inflict punishment or to try and win a match outright. So I thought they had really good chemistry in this. I liked the back and forth. I liked that there were moments where they were both kind of um, pulling each other back down to earth. That was really cool. And again, commentary invaluable in this promotion, man, absolutely adored uh, them pointing out how with, if you do like a high impact Lucha move and then you follow it up with something, how important that is because you're just amplifying the impact of something that you did. If the idea of the acrobatics is to build momentum and amplify um, all of the the momentum going into it and the punishment that you can deliver, following it up with something is very, very convincing that you are actually kind of taking that guy out. It doesn't always have to be super violent like a John Moxley or Nettie Kingston, right? So having that from Caprice, those little nuggets of commentary on the show, I swear to God, it's like such a refreshing thing to have. They're so, so good at this. And even in a match that doesn't really have stakes, it's just to keep Commander's win streak going. Those pieces of commentary like get you so bought in. I adore that about them. Um, really, really, really good stuff from them tonight. As always, Travis Lindsay saying, ROH needs a February pay-per-view. Dalton versus Johnny needed a pay-per-view audience. Not sure it can be extended to April, but the wheels will start spinning. I half agree with you. I don't think they'll ever deviate from their pay-per-view schedule, especially with the AEW brand proper ratching things up as reported by Fightful Select today as reported, or I don't know if it was on Select. Tony Khan mentioned it on the call. I know Fightful covered it in some way, Um, but it seems like AEW is going towards nine or 10 pay-per-views and then you have the ROH ones. Don't want people to get fatigued on your brand and your sub-brands. It deserved a bigger stage than this. I will say that. Like part of the challenge with this is those crowds are just dead. And if you were taping Collision and ROH and all of this going into a pay-per-view, it's a continual point of frustration for me as a fan to see AEW fans just not be that invested because this is taped before an episode starts. So people are just getting in the building or after an episode of Dynamite, so crowds are fatigued, and they're there to see AEW, not ROH. Now, it's a great way to get exposure for ROH, obviously, but that's why 
the pay-per-view, everyone's like, oh, ROH is great. Have you seen the pay-per-views? And if you're watching the weekly television, it's a completely different experience because in ROH pay-per-view, those crowds are going to see Ring of Honor. These crowds are going to see AEW. So I understand what you're saying. And this felt like to, I know it's it's such a silly story and it's been so much fun, but it felt like such a high stakes thing that I wish they had kind of given it the build that they gave like Kira Hogan and Athena, that street fight was not on pay-per-view. That was just on a regular episode, but it felt so important. I wish they had kind of been able to repeat that magic here. Um, if it wasn't going to be on a pay-per-view here, I wish they had done it on a week where they were going to have an episode that people cared about a little bit more from all around fans fans aren't going to care about this episode of ring of honor as much they're all getting excited for revolution let's get real um so i i would like that now i don't think this story is over i think dalton has to win his boys back so that's probably what we're leading to come april um but i i understand what you're saying is that when you have these spaces of time and you have something as pivotal to the program with as important of a talent to the program as dalton castle is um it, it does kind of feel like something really important just happened on, on a throwaway episode, which is not ideal. Not ideal, right? Guys, please leave a thumbs up on this video if you would be so kind. Help me out as I'm out here solo. I feel like a Sally Struthers commercial, like just 70 cents a chat. I wish. I wish we could charge 70 cents a chat, but feel free to get those super chats in as well. Um, we've got some more love coming in from Shot Kids saying, my general idea for ROH is if the rights deal is a sizable one to unify with New Japan Strong and monthly tapings, TNA style at smaller venues across the country and run in tandem with indies like Defy. There's a lot of stuff that I like what you put in there. Um, I love New Japan Strong and I love ROH. And those brands colliding more often, I think, would be something that's really beneficial and helpful, especially because. The Triple Crown Champion is supposed to be an ROH and a New Japan Champion, right? So it would be kind of a two-for-one if the Triple Crown winner was going and defending on joint shows. It would cut the workload in half, but amplify the significance of those two additional titles. Right now, they're just lost. Like, they, they really are. I think Eddie Kingston defended against Gabe Kidd, and that was his last defense in New Japan. He hasn't been to ROH in now nine weeks. Uh, which sucks. Eddie Kingston's like my favorite dude in the world. I want to see him on every episode of everything. So uh, not only does it stink not to have your champion around, that champion is like my favorite dude. <laughs> so for me as an ROH fan and as an Eddie Kingston fan, I'm like, please, please have him around. Uh, but I I like that too. And I like the idea of incorporating more independence in into the picture. But what I don't want is for that to then get too big. Like, I don't want you to have a one-off with Defy just for the sake of having a one-off with Defy, right? So um, I like the way they've incorporated, like, Jack Cartwheel and other, other people that are showing up consistently but probably aren't necessarily signed uh, has been something that I have liked about the product and has gotten stronger as we've moved on. Um, but I, I would love more crossover with Strong. And I, if you are going to do things like merger trios titles, having them show up at all three brands is great because it adds value to the title and it adds breathing room to the pictures that, of those titles. 
Uh, breathing room, not the issue in ROH right now, as we know, however. <laughs> we move on uh, to a <laughs> really fun promo that we got from the Minion Squad over here, okay? We got Lexi Nair at the top of the ramp introducing Athena and Billy Starks. Athena turns to her Minions to talk to them. And she says she's online, okay? She knows what's hip, and she knows what the problem is with this whole minion picture, and it's that Lexi Nair um, has been just chasing Dalton Castle around in these segments. Like, get focused, Lexi Nair. Come on now. And Lexi Nair is sad that she let her minion leader down, but Lexi Nair, another talent um, that has just grown and grown and grown in her backstage role, an unbelievable amount. Uh, she was just a really beautiful lady with a microphone doing a good job asking questions. And now she is such an integral piece of multiple stories and has such a human approach and reaction to the things that are a little bit more serious or sincere. I can't believe um, how much growth we've gotten out of, out of her. Like it's, it's so awesome. I felt that way about Mackenzie Mitchell on NXT too. I have no idea why she was let go. I thought she was maybe the best in WWE that they had since Renee. Um, but it, it's always cool like to see those types of things for me, I think when it's TV talent that aren't necessarily wrestlers that you see like putting in the work the same way I, I think is, is so rad. So uh, I really, really like that, but she whilst entertaining us with Dalton castle is letting Athena down here. So nobody is happy about that. But then Athena quickly snapping into uh, talking about her match with Nyla Rose last week, which was really, really good. It was a two out of three uh, tables falls match, which was such an interesting stipulation. And I think really put a magnifying glass over Nyla's strengths and made Athena tell a completely different story than anything else she's told before. Cause she normally has a strength and size advantage. Um, with Nyla, she was kind of the, the underdog. So that was a really refreshing thing to say. She says that she respects Nyla Rose, but it was great, quote-unquote, yeeting her into next week in their match. And then Ricky, uh, Billy Starks grabs the mic. Ricky Starks, excuse me, I got my Starks is all crossed up here. Starks grabs the mic and wants to talk about the ROH Women's TV title tournament. And she talks about her win there. But Athena, ever the tough teacher, is unimpressed. And she asks the Minion Mafia if they think that Starks can win. And they, of course, do. And Athena says, you better or else. So what's interesting to me about this was I felt like we were kind of leaning into a face direction with Athena during the feud with Nyla. I don't know if that was just to keep Nyla uh, heal herself or if that was to help elevate the baby face aspect of the story. But here it felt like she was back to being a heel. Um, if she wants to play a tweener where she's just an unbeatable champion, that's how I feel about Gunther and WWE. I'm all for that. Like, if it's just whoever I'm facing, that's what I'm doing. I love that kind of booking. The Blackpool Combat Club's like that on the AEW side of things. They can be a heel in one feud, like you're seeing with Danielson now. They can easily be a face in another because the ring work itself is so over that you can just kind of flip between who you're booked against uh, because it's it's such an emphasis on the ring work and the violence. So I adore that type of booking if they want to keep that going with her. I'm not mad about it, but 
She declares that this is the year of the fallen goddess, the minion overlord, and the inspiration for every women's division. She talks about herself being the uh, American Joshi, which I love. And she warns everyone to step up or step out. And it is a really good promo from Athena. I just don't know how long we can continue down this road without pulling her up to AEW, man. She's great. And I love her taking pride in being the ROH champion. She calls herself the gatekeeper of ROH. Uh, she really is the pride of the, the show, but they got to let her out of the cage. Even if she keeps the ROH belt on her, if you're canceling Meet Madness, you put Athena on the card then. Like, I, I'm not sure why every ROH champion works everywhere but ROH, and Athena, who is the ROH champion, isn't really allowed to wrestle anywhere else. She's been on some pre-shows for things. She was on the Forbidden Door pre-show. She was on the Wrestle Dream pre-show in multi-person matches. Um, alongside Kojima, which is just like my favorite thing in the world. Uh, but I really feel like she has so out-earned the position that she is in from the perspective of if she's the forever champion, that rules. But give her more of the spotlight than the paywalled show because it, it's beyond at this point. But she continues to do great work. Billy Starks and Lexi Nair in the background just being like, yeah, like putting those exclamation points on everything that they're doing is so much fun. I loved it. I loved it. Shaki29 clarifying his earlier chat saying that I mean ROH, it, turn ROH into co-branded AEW, ROH, and New Japan shows unifying all the titles properly. Like as Steph Acura beats Julia, and then she faces Athena to unify the strong and ROH women's titles. That I don't know about. That I don't know about. Because then you are... Well, there's a few issues with that. One, your world championship is on AEW. Two, your AEW and ROH six-man title pictures are already merging. You're basically dissolving the promotion if you do that. Um, so that's a little too far for me. But I like the idea of at least champion versus champion more often. I don't mind some crossover. Like if they actually launched a women's tag title picture like to have them flow between all three brands is really really cool so i um yeah i i i understand what you're saying but i feel like you're in danger of i, I don't want J new japan to resolve strong and i don't want aw to resolve dissolve roh so i get what you're saying though i get what you're saying though and i get the temptation because it is there but we move on to Ishimori and Jacoby Watts. What a cool little surprise this was last week. We saw Ishimori showing up in AEW on the fan side of things, quite frankly. He tweeted a picture from uh, the audience. He was working these ROH tapings. Someone asked yesterday if Sean knew of any additional developments with him. That didn't seem to be the case. Just seemed like he was here to work these ROH tapings, which is awesome. I love it. He's great. He's cool. His presentation is so damn cool. Uh, but this was really fun. I love, again, commentary doing a great job putting over the fact that he is a three-time IWGP junior heavyweight champion and that that's an intentional choice to be wrestling at that weight class in Japan, which I thought was really cool. Former X Division champion out of TNA as well. So just very nice when 
I know who Ishimori is, but maybe not everybody knows who Ishimori is. So them speaking to the accolades, they did it with Taya too, talking about her uh, championships in TNA, then Impact and Mexico and stuff. Very, very good. Um, getting more of that here. Uh, we get a ton of like high flying stuff from Ishimori and Watts is able to finally like almost swat Ishimori out of the sky a little bit here. <laughs> Slow his momentum down. But uh, we have a hard lariat that almost gets a win for Watts, which I loved. Like him, he didn't get in a ton of offense, but when he did, it, it caused a near fall, which I thought was really, really nice. But this ends with an around the world arm bar lock. Um, and man, you guys know I love my techers, which I do. But uh, I really, really, really liked how I like it when small guys pick limbs. That's the techer love in me. Like it, it just, everybody's got an arm. Everybody's got a leg. Um, it doesn't matter what size you are. It doesn't matter what size they are. If you can get somebody in an arm bar, that's great for you. Like it's, <laughs> it's going to do damage or it's going to end a match. So I appreciate that. Um, and this was a really good one because there was a size advantage. And I, I also like so much of this match had, like high flying spots and high flying action that when you are able to just flip the script like that, it, it makes it a believable and convincing win. So I liked this match. I thought it was just very cool that Ishimori was around good for Jacoby Watts for, for having this match in his arsenal as well. I love that. Um, so not a ton more to say there, but some good stuff again with some, with a couple superfluous matches, it's not the end of the world where your book ended with meaningful stuff and your episode's only an hour long. So big, 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 big improvements. I will take it. We are at the main event already. So we're going to have some BSing to do before we get crossed and Rob on here. Um, before that, we get a chat from C. Delgado saying able to slide in tonight during the live show. Well, thank you so much. Saying, could they be setting for Queen, for Athena's Supercar Challenger, if Billy wins, also love the hair. Thank you. I love that my hair is over. It makes me feel good. I was nervous about it, to be honest. So thank you so much. So I think what that chat was saying, could we have Billy Starks win the TV title instead of Queen Amanada for Athena? I think that is possible. Um, I think it's more likely that Queen, Amani Queen Amanada wins the TV title and you get continued friction and dissension between Athena and Billy. Um, I think that's what we got set up tonight in this promo was Athena saying or else and Billy Starks, if she loses, is going to be like in trouble, but probably pretty sick of being in trouble. And I think you get a rematch between Billy Starks and Athena. And I think Billy goes over this time. I hope she does. Um, I just think that's a good way to do justice to the, the story. I think that would be a good call. Would not be mad about Queen Amanada winning, though. Like, that would be very cool if you had Queen Amanada's rise. Maybe Athena helps Billy Starks, right? And um, Queen Amanada's pissed off and she wants the title shot against Athena. That's pretty cool. Uh, but I think that kind of cheapens things for, for Billy if she needs the help. And I don't think Athena is the kind of minion overlord that would want such a thing. I don't think Athena wants to be interfering on Billy's behalf. I think she wants her to go out there and prove it herself. So those are just my thoughts, though. I think it's a perfectly reasonable um, 
want for the product and i don't think it's an outlandish creative direction at all i think it's it's very possible it's very possible but i'll tell you what if i was gonna lay money on that there's only one place that i would go okay it would be the place with the earliest betting lines open and it's the place that guides all of the betting lines that we talk about here on fightful you guys know who it is if you don't you're about to learn but it's bet online. They made a huge investment in us. Please tweet at them. Please find them on social media and let them know. Even if even if you're not a betting man or gal yourself, uh, please let them know that you found out about them through us because our relationship with them has been really healthy so far. And they've uh, they've made a big investment in us. But Sean's going to tell you all about the benefits of using a bet online AG. Hey guys, hey guys, I'm here to tell you about betonline.ag, the official betting partner of Fightful. It's not just an online platform. They've been trusted for over 25 years. They boast a focus on the player approach and have built their reputation on offering their clients nothing but the best. From cutting edge technology to enticing promotions and the latest sports betting odds. Whether it be wrestling, MMA, boxing, or football, baseball, basketball, or racing, anything you can think of. All major sporting events are covered by betonline.ag. Fast payouts, highest credit card acceptance industry-wide, safe and secure online environments, and their live betting feature allows you to bet on your favorites weekly and easily and in real time. Betonline.ag. That's where we're going at Fightful. That's where we suggest you go as well. That's where we get all of our odds at. Betonline.ag. Only bet what you can and please bet responsibly. Bet online AG. We thank them so much for their investment in us. And hey, there's a lot of things to bet on. It ain't all just about wrestling. So if you are betting on other sports, please consider them as well for uh, more traditional sports as opposed to fun wrestling bets that you can place through them. But with all the money that you're going to win from being so educated and making such great bets, you can spend that on FightfulSelect.com. This has been an eventful year. I think that's fair to say. There have been shakeups at every major company managerially, kind of except for AEW. Theirs has been more more welcome additions, I guess is probably a good way to put it, with um, adding to to creative and and welcoming QT Marshall back and things like that. But uh, Sean has had all of that covered for you the entire time. I'll continue to clarify that most of the developments with the everything going on with the Vince McMahon federal investigation into sex trafficking, because that is something that has such bigger implications than anything to do with wrestling and feels kind of icky to pay well. That is on the free tier. You can subscribe for fee, free. We prefer that you give us money. That'll that'll always be our preference. That's how I get paid. But there is a free tier for injury-related news. Um Anything to do with that Vince scandal that isn't just supplementary details or uh, anything that's kind of a little bit less, I don't want to say less valuable, but less integral to the story uh, might show up behind the paywall. But all the things that you need to know are made free on our free tier. So please subscribe even if you you don't have the five shekels a month, man. We appreciate it. Um, If you can subscribe, there's a ton of value behind the paywall. A lot of times you'll say, but I find out for free minutes after anyway. Well, as much as we love people aggregating our stuff, <laughs> get it there first and get it there accurately because there are a ton of people 
kind of reinterpreting the story, playing this game of telephone, you'll get accurate details behind the paywall and so much other value. In addition to everything I mentioned before and those additional podcasts and me and Alex doing pay-per-view post shows, we're also kind of expanding a little bit. Alex and I have a, a silly little thing called Is This This Is Cinema? Is the name of it? Where we uh, watch a movie that a wrestler was in and we determine whether or not it is in fact cinema. We have more of that coming up and other Fightful Movie Club content coming for you there. See, this is the stuff that I love. I like it when you guys say things like this because then I can clip it and I can show Sean that I, while being an absolute menace, am actually making us money sometimes. So see, and Taylor doing the same thing. Makes me happy. Makes me look good. I get to tell Sean that we actually bring in subscriptions. It is not just us singing and making puns behind the paywall, but... <laughs> We have the main event to talk about, and then we'll open it up to some more general ROH talk. Uh, you guys have been very kind with your chats tonight, including one from Shea Monster that says, Give me back my sons, boys. I made the same reference. I was thinking about Mel Gibson with the, Give me back my son. Um, I feel like Dreepy saying, John TV versus Dalton fighting without honor for his boys at the pay-per-view. I like that idea, fight without honor. That's a that's a good call. Um, but that also spoils what this match consisted of, uh, which was Johnny TV winning custody of the boys, of course, with assistance from the beautiful but devious Taya Valkyrie. We have uh, Dalton Castle joined by the Iron Savages at the entrance ramp. We gave him a sip of the sauce, which pops me tremendously. He immediately perks up, goes to the ring. We get Johnny TV dodging a huge knee from Dalton Castle, and Taya Valkyrie grabs Castle's leg, giving Johnny TV a second to put him in the sleeper. And as he's shaking that off, she slips in the ring and nails Dalton Castle, giving Johnny the opening to hit the Starship Pain and win the match and custody of the boys. Um, heartbroken about this was I. Uh, I loved, I was laughing out loud at them taking custody of the boys by taking them by the leg, by the ankle, like Johnny got dragged away a couple of weeks ago. We see Don Castle just apoplectic here, disbelief, crying, devastated as he should be. And outside the ring at this point, um, earlier in this, in the match, we get Taya Valkyrie taking a selfie with the boys, which also popped me while they were around the outside. Really nice triple suplex spot in here from Dalton as well. I feel like because these guys are so damn funny and the story has been so hilarious, Dalton just spiraling out of control, trying to get this match, throwing cheese, eating sandwiches on the ramp, looking all disheveled. Uh, Johnny TV constantly with the upper hand doing these parkour vignettes that were so funny. Um, the in-ring's really good, too. Like, Dalton can can go, and obviously um, Johnny TV is, is always so impressive um, with what he's able to do acrobatically. Honestly, the past couple of years, believe it or not, since Johnny Dripstick era was some of my favorite work of his up until now. Lucha Underground, very different flavor, but had some cool stuff in it. But it was some of the more logical work that we've seen out of him. And I think he's adapted really well to um, knowing he looks great and agile. So 
I think he's fine. But like the years sneak up on you. And I think he knows that as he's going to move into this kind of later phase of his career, um, he's probably going to have to make some adjustments. But what I like is those adjustments have made the matches better, in my opinion, because they bring a more grounded logic to these matches and the psychology is a little bit better as a result. Uh, so the in-ring paying off here, the outside of the ring spots, the out-ring also helping with this. Um, Taya just being such a great heat getter, absolutely cracking me up in this with that that selfie for the boys. Uh, I really, really liked what we got out of this, but a heartbreaking ending, an absolutely despondent Ian Riccoboni at the end. Just everybody was just shaking their heads, so upset about what happened here. Uh, but I don't think this is over, okay? I like the idea of a fight without honor very much. I think that could be a really fun direction to go. I do think the pacing of this works out really well for this to get back on the pay-per-view card. I think in a world where we don't have many champions around, what a feel-good moment it is for Dalton Castle to win the boys back on pay-per-view. <laughs> That'll be awesome. Um so I, I'm with you on that. A fight without honor is a really fun way to do it. If not, I think a very silly stipulation would be good. To Kai calling this out, I actually noticed this too. No happy wrestling everybody at the end of this episode because nobody was happy. We were all so sad. So um, look, I'm going to, if you say nice things about me and Alex and, and paying for us, I'll pull it up for free. That's how it goes. So thank you. <laughs> But uh, a heartbreaking ending to what was felt like a throwaway episode with some good matches. And then, man, this one hurt. This one hurt my heart quite a bit. So uh, Shea Monster calling for the boys on a pole match. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But that was our episode tonight. Um, we are well under time for when we're going to have Cresta and Rob coming in here. So we can kind of talk in general uh, I'll open open things up for, for questions, but some things that I did want to touch on that the good, the bad, the ugly, I think we've given a lot of credit to how much better the product has gotten. I think um, building people who are going to be around the product more like Ethan Page is a really, really good idea. Um, I think we've gotten so many more stories that have made sense and have had fundamental payoffs. I think there's a lot more clarity around who's working what rosters. There's still some crossover, but for the most part, we know, okay, these people are in the singles division. These people are in the tag division, and these are in your six-man picture. Uh, but with all that growth, and of course, the women's wrestling has, has been the focal point of this promotion under the AEW umbrella, which is cool. We've never been able to say that, like, Women's wrestling is the heartbeat of Ring of Honor. Is nothing that's ever been said in the whole existence of this promotion, I don't think. No offense to some of the incredible women that came out of this promotion. Allison Danger, um, Sarah Del Rey, plenty of talent that were there. Um, especially in the, the kind of newer era the, under the Maria Canellis guidance, for sure. Um, but before today, let's see if I get updated in my head. I have dyslexia. This is hard. But the ROH World Champion hasn't been on TV now in nine weeks. Your Pure Champion hasn't been on in 12 weeks. Your TV Champion hasn't been on in eight weeks. Your Tag Team Champions have not been on in five weeks. Your Six-Man Champions have not appeared since winning the belts 
eight weeks ago on AEW television. And before that, the defense, I think it was September of 2023, they defended against TMDK. Um, that is too long. That is not good. Uh, let's get a little bit more nuanced on those things, right? Your world champion is a triple crown champion. Has not defended in New Japan outside of the defense against Gabe Kidd, I don't think, if I can remember correctly. Um, obviously, building out the story with Danielson takes precedence going into a pay-per-view. But if the complaint initially is that the ROH champion is not around enough, saying, let me take that already fraction amount of time and splinter it across three different brands is not a good move. It's not a good move. And in the beginning, it felt like, oh, cool. Eddie Kingston works Saturdays, so he'll probably be around ROH more. That just hasn't been the case. That just hasn't been the case. Pure champion belt is cursed, maybe. Maybe Danhausen's been around the pure championship. It's possible. Uh, Shibata was injured, vacated it, or, or I'm sorry, had to go back to Japan. I don't, I don't know if he was injured. I can't remember, but he had to go back to Japan, so he vacated it. Um, and Wheeler Yuta took over did he vacate it or did wheeler win wheeler just won i think clarity um and then wheeler got hurt right so there's only so much that you can do there but i also had a complaint before he even got injured about why he had this title to begin with because it just feels like yeah, a shock reminded me he did win it i thought so i just can't remember the match all that well but now i'm remembering it because i remember like Shit heel Wheeler Yuta and the pure division is actually like my favorite Wheeler. I feel like he shines brightest in pure matches. I actually really like Wheeler in the pure division. Um, but you built this whole story with Josh Woods and then they just took a huge left turn and just didn't acknowledge it. Um, I'm also a huge Josh Woods fan. If you guys didn't notice, I love technical wrestling and I really liked Technical Beast. But they were building out a story that was clearly him coming back for Shibata. And then they just usurped it before Wheeler was even injured. So I don't like that at all. Uh, we did have some consistent appearances from Kyle Fletcher. And they were outstanding before he ran into these visa issues. I Injuries, can't do anything about. Visa issues, can't do anything about. But this is why it's so vital that you have a bunch of champions around is because when one gets injured or has a visa issue, your program isn't vacant from champions <laughs> on the entire men's side. Um, I can't say enough about how wonderful Kyle Fletcher is as a wrestler on this show and in general. Uh, that I don't want to I don't want to call him a kid, but he's he's a young wrestler. Um how good he is comparative to his age just is an indicator that that's only from hard work. Like whatever was cooking in that British scene that was giving you the Will Ospreys and the Zack Sabre juniors and now the Michael Okus of the world and such um, Luke Jacobs, there's a ton of talent coming out of that scene. Uh, they start very young there. It feels like <laughs> Kyle Fletcher. I was looking up old DSJ matches and uh there's like little 14 year old Kyle Fletcher sitting Indian style at ringside, just like watching. Um, when you are that addicted to this, like 
you just can't help but put in the hard work. And it shows up because the things that Kyle Fletcher is already great at is stuff that comes with, in my opinion, that I feel like I've seen. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. I've never been at a ring. Um, but from what I've seen, he's doing stuff that takes a lot of people years and years and years to accomplish at a very young age. His match pacing is out of control good. We've talked about it on the show before, but I'll reiterate it again. His understanding of match pacing at the age he's at is wild to me. <laughs> like, absolutely masterful stuff. His defenses were good. They were consistent. His motivations were clear. But again, in AEW, he has this pre-existing story with the United Kingdom, right? So um, with the, oh my God, Aussie Open and the United Empire. What am I saying? I cannot do this solo. It is weird. With the United Empire waiting for him on the AEW main roster. So it just, the way this has gone, it only feels like there's there's a limited number of days that he's going to actually be around. So he better lose to Ethan Page because Ethan Page is around. Um, so that's that. Your tag champions, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I was really excited for the Kingdom to win. I really was because it felt like they should have won months ago. So it was really cool that in the devil reveal, we got this kind of full circle story. Um, but now they haven't been on our weight. It kind of for no real reason. They've had singles matches against Orange Cassidy and to soften them up for Roddy Strong. I don't understand like why on intermittent weeks they couldn't be here or might, God forbid, work twice a week. Like it is, it is so annoying that Everybody wanted the kingdom to win because they were the stalwarts of ROH. And then as soon as they win, they're never the frick around. It's maddening. It's absolutely maddening. And then the six man belts. What are they? Like, honest to God. (laughs) We had the Mughal embassy holding them forever. And they were around a little bit. Half the time they were wrestling as a tag team because Brian Cage wasn't there. They passed it off to the Young Bucks for no reason and then won them back. And then they passed them off to Jay White. And um, and Bullet Club Gold, obviously, and they just don't exist on this program. And it's frustrating because you do have trios around. You have the Iron Savages and Jack Jameson. You have Dalton Castle and the boys. Shane Taylor Promotions could very easily be that. Um, you could easily have LFI working back in ROH, right? Uh, there's a lot of possibilities for trios around here. You had Lance Archer in The Righteous, who I think is great. I've been calling for for a long time to actually get to do something. Um, so if they are going to unify them, I just hope that they're actually around because this is brutal. This is brutal. It's It sucks. Like you, you need champions around your promotion to make things feel important. Now, the women's side is completely opposite, right? Athena is always there. Everything feels important. Um, the women's tournament has made it feel like there are stakes and everything on the women's side. But, like, outside of Ethan Page, there's no other that's-the-guy momentum for anybody. I don't feel like there is. If, if there's people that I'm forgetting about, you can let me know in the chat. But, like, um, yeah, the infantry, God, like, there, there's so many possibilities. I know that has Trish, but, like, you can scale up or down, right? Um, I, I, I'm frustrated by that, and it... I'm frustrated by the fact that we seem to put our foot on the gas and take it off every time with the champions being around. Like, um, you could easily give the infantry the tag titles. You could easily give um, 
the boys the tag titles is a fun thing to to play into this Dalton storyline. Now they're champions with Johnny TV. Like you could you could do some really silly fun stuff, or you could do some serious stuff and actually start to make tag teams. Um, very very frustrating. Very very frustrating because there's only so much you can do if your champions aren't around. Um, but the other thing that's frustrating is if they do unify the six man belts with the trios belts in AEW, it's gonna have the AEW lineage and not the the ROH lineage, and that sucks because one of them has a very rich history, and it ain't the AEW. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately <sighs> so that's where i'm at with it uh we had our little mini episode today we got rob wilkins in the background we're waiting for crested to pop on but i'll throw it over to the tna crew they're going to talk about the fallout from what was it no surrender they have different specials like every five minutes so i'm i'm always confused about which pay-per-view is actually what but um mustafa ali got inaugurated today some really cool stuff going on in the tag picture in, in TNA as well. But uh, if you have any more super chats that you want to get in or just any more general chats too, we can kind of just talk on, on ROH. But I feel like there's been so much growth. It's a very different product than it was six months ago, but there's just this very one fundamental piece of it, which is you need champions around to make things feel important on your program. Because there's also no clarity around your divisions then there's no pure division the pure division is josh woods when he's around like i don't know what to tell you so um it, it needs that extra layer of clarity from the division standpoint and that extra layer of importance from we need championships on our program but didn't think this was going to be the week for that to come back because we had to pre-tape a bunch of stuff going in to AW Revolution, which I think is going to be uh, an all-timer pay-per-view. I'm very excited for the people that are getting to go, particularly my friends, extra particularly my friends in wrestling media. Not jealous at all. It's totally fine. So, <laughs> But we'll see. We'll see what happens moving forward. I am excited for Supercard. I think they will start a really kick-ass build probably once this AEW pay-per-view cycle clears out. Um, Travis Lindsay saying, should titles be stripped if they can't be defended? Now, the problem with that is they would all need to be stripped. Like, <laughs> they're all like two months and beyond at this point. So that's a tough one. Um, but they do... I. They do vacate titles for less, right? Like Wheeler hasn't been around to defend it at all. I hope he gets back from his injury, but they, they have a better timeline on people's returns for those things. It's just weird. It's also weird the absences of things like Lance Archer and the Righteous. The Dark Order were around for a while. Scorpio Sky like came back, kind of hinted at a Men of the Year alliance, and then just went away again. Like I don't know where Scorpio Sky is. It's very, very odd. So um, I would like some champions that are around. Mark Briscoe for the uh, ROH world champ, I would like. I read that first as as tag champions. Like, he should just be the tag champs. I'd appreciate that. It is a bummer that, like, we sincerely had the uh, reach for the sky ladder match as the thing that was like, this is for your ROH tag championships. And I think you could count on one hand the amount of time that the tag belts have been defended on ROH programming since. Like, that actually kind of sincerely bumps me out. Because, like, 
they were Ring of Honor. The Briscoes were Ring of Honor. So that is a bit of a bummer. You guys have been awesome with the chats tonight. Thank you for helping me through this little solo stream at the top of the show. Reg let me know late that he couldn't go. And then I looked at the card for the show and was like, mm, I'm not going to scramble to waste a co-host time <laughs> with an hour of wrestling programming with two matches of consequence on it. So she monster saying the Lucha bros just won that. I just remembered that. Yeah. The Lucha brothers won that, that match, like a beautiful tribute to a brother tag team. They weren't around. Nobody else has been around. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with the TV rights renewal. Uh, whether Honor Club gets absorbed into the Max app or it gets its own TV deal or whatever. I do think if you strap up Ethan Page and Ethan Page is like the guy that defends on pay-per-views, defends on shows, and your world champ is absent but around more than every eight weeks, I think you could pull off some really, really great programming because I think Ethan Page, I, I just think the world of Ethan Page. Like, I, I think um, he's been really, really doing well on this babyface run, which I didn't expect because I've mostly only seen him work heel, but it's felt very authentic and cool. And the more he gets into it, the more comfortable it feels. Um, so, so we'll see. We'll see. But Athena can only do so much. And guys, I can only do so much. Okay. So I'm going to bring in Cresta and Rob to help me out a little bit. Hello, teenage. Hi. Hello. Ladies, how are you? I was at MLW, which is kind of funny because it's like literally five blocks from my house. Oh, no way. Oh, we'll have Seriously. to talk online because I used to live not far from where that, that venue is. So I wonder. That's crazy. That's it's a small world. <laughs> it is. It is. So you got to see my dude Tito. I love Tito. I saw nobody. I literally went. I pulled the Abe Simpson. I went in, <laughs> walked around, said hello, and then walked right out because I had to come home and watch TNA, which was really good tonight. Well, good, good. You had a uh, Mustafa's inauguration, right? And your tag picture is stealing it still and i just saw your dm sorry krista no it's okay i found a way to <laughs> sneak in here it's totally fine the yeah. tag match was pretty good at the end but also i this ali gimmick chef's kiss best. chef's kiss this is the, the worst best thing in professional wrestling <laughs> that's saying something so that's good it is i'm gonna finish out some of these chats that we got thank you so much Shot kid saying Right seal should lead to ROH on max tapings in smaller venues and assigning and signing a dedicated roster with less crossover that I agree with pretty much entirely. Uh, and I think that will be true. If it's a TV product, suddenly that looks a little bit different, but our own Luis Polito, who does not have to send in money for chats, but continues to saying, sending some love to manifest any champ on ROH. God bless me too, Luis. We're going to manifest it. We're going to, we're going to say our affirmations into the mirror. We're going to get our champions back on ROH. But I am going to get out of here. And I'm going to let our wonderful TNA crew tell you all about how awesome this Mustafa Ali stuff is. We got a lot to talk about coming off the pay-per-view week as well. So I will get out of here. Let them take over. 
No, Joel, things just keep getting better. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's out here globetrotting, doing the 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 wrestling, the specter of Bob Backlund's work. Yes, Bob Backlund is still alive, but there's a specter of him out there still, okay? <laughs> wow. I'll be taking no further questions at this time about this. Nor- hey, that's my cue to leave right there. I love it. I love it, but... Thank you guys so much. Thank you for the support getting me through a solo stream tonight. Uh, I'm throwing it over to the lovely Cresta and the equally as lovely Rob Will. Bye, Kate. Hi, Rob. It's been forever since we did one of these. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to work with you again. It's been forever, like you said. I am so excited. We had a good show of TNA. I don't know if you watch Explosion, but I don't know where to catch that. And uh, yeah. I did not catch it because I thought uh, everything started at seven <laughs> my time. So there we go. So that's good. Uh, so yeah, I did not get to catch explosion. So I started right at mm-hmm. eight o'clock Eastern. So. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to power through this. Robbie, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I got notes and everything, so I'm good to go. Wait, you want to lead this or you want me to lead this? You, you can lead. All right. You lead it. All right. So I'm going to make this real easy for Joel Pearl. Three, two. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It is your girl, Cresta Star, and I'm joined here with the extra special, extra beautiful, extra cuddly Rob Wilkins, ladies and gentlemen. And this is your TNA post show. Joe Pearl is out here globetrotting. So we hope you guys are ready for a solid 45 minutes of wrestling power. How are you doing today, Rob? I am doing good. I, uh, I am excited. I get to do this show with you. Uh, the last time that we did this together, Joel was at Elimination Chamber in Toronto, or no, Montreal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, who would have thought that Mr. Demore had to get let go for me to do it again? <laughs> that's know? crazy. He probably went to yeah. go see Scott Demore because that's his father. We perpetuate yeah, lies. You know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Joel had to go out of town again, and here we go. So it just coincidence. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, but no, it was a fun show tonight too. So uh, I'm excited to talk about it. Heck yeah! Let's get right into it. We start off hot with Speedball Mike Bailey with Trent Seven with Steve Macklin and the Rascals. Uh, I like Speedball Mountain as a name. It is such a good name. This was a great way to start off the mat. Start off the whole night. I think that. The stiffness of this match was a common theme throughout the whole night. Um, We start off with the Rascals in army fatigue now doing like, yes, Steve Macklin, yes, sir. These guys are absolute clowns. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was a nice touch since they are teaming and tagging together. Um, Immediately, there's some chops on the outside that look super rough. Um, they almost missed the 10 count Macklin and Speedball, but they get back in just in time. I also need to note that at one point, (laughs) <laughs> um, Speedball Mike Bailey hits the Karate Kid into a split to dodge Steve Macklin. Steve Macklin's like, I've had enough. Hits him with the forearm to the face. Macklin hits a crosshairs after that. Um, goes to hit in the crosshairs, but only and hits the post. Steve Macklin's been working over Speedball's leg that was messed up from the last time. If we get to the end of the match, <laughs> my note was that was his hecking head. Holy crap, Macklin with the KIA when he hit speedball with a gnarly KIA. It looked like from an untrained eye that speedball got dropped on his head and that man is never going to wrestle again. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. was a great spot. What did you think about it, Rob? I loved it. I'm a I'm a Steve Macklin guy. Uh, 
I always, I have been ever since I found out he was a Marine. My nephew's a Marine. So I've always just been like, a, I'm a Steve Macklin guy. This was actually the, this, what surprised me more about this match than anything, this was actually the first time that him and Speedball met in a one-on-one -on -one match in mm -hmm. TNA slash Impact. That actually surprised me. And it's the third time they've, this is actually their third meeting. The, the other two times they met in Revolver. And that's like per cage match. But that really surprised me. I really like the the buckle bomb that Macklin mm -hmm. gave the speedball. That was what kind of set everything up to get to the ending of the match. And you're right. He, Macklin just laid it in on speedball. Speedball is fantastic too. And it was just a great, it was a good match, a great match. And anytime you're going to tell me that I get to watch Steve Macklin and speedball at a match together, I'm just going to just, do the nutty professor thing and say hercules hercules <laughs> <laughs> i think that you know everyone who i've ever talked to or i've seen interviews of when they talk about speedball is like speedball in your locker room just makes everything better he is such a joy and pleasure to have and you know i think macklin now is becoming so relentless this like mega jerk heel that i am enjoying more and more we do get a post-match promo from Macklin saying this is how and why we ran off Nick Nemeth. He's too afraid to be here. We kicked his butt and he ran away just for Nick Nemeth to pop up on the screen and said, you didn't beat me up. Mind you, he has a black eye. <laughs> He's like, you didn't beat me up. I, while you guys are talking crap, I'm over here in New Japan winning championships. You see me beat Tanahashi. So if I could beat Tanahashi, I could definitely beat you, punk. And I'm like, all yeah. right. I thought that was great. What did you think about the post-match? I, I enjoyed it. I liked how they, they went into that with with uh, Nick Nimeth, as I almost called him Dolph. Uh, <laughs> loved how they did that. Nick just said why he was not there. He said, I'm, like you said, he's winning this title in Japan. That's why he's not there. He just beat fit, uh, David Finley for that title. So it's... I thought it was Tanahashi. My apologies. My apologies. Oh, no, it's okay. Like, I mean, that's... It was just he. He said, "Hey, this is why I'm not there, but I will be there to to beat you next week, or or you know, at at sacrifice, and hopefully the math adds up for him." So, listen, oh. the numbers don't lie, and the numbers do be lying at sacrifice. It's the only place the numbers lie at. And speaking of what doesn't lie, we get a super chat in from Jana saying, I hope I said your name right, Jana. I hope Nemeth versus Macklin ends up being for the IWGP championship. That would be awesome. Explosion is on TNA Plus on Fridays, also on their YouTube channel on Tuesday afternoon. Come on, Jana, with the knowledge for us, uncultured swine. We were professionals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, I don't disagree with that. For the IWGP championship would be really cool however my only caution with that is that i don't think nemeth nor macklin should be losing right now let alone nemeth who just won that how do you feel about that rob i agree uh i i agree 100 and when we were talking about that i was actually thinking that at the same time i'm like who i don't want nemeth to lose but i also don't want macklin to lose so how are they going to do this so I, I rarely will ever root for a a non-finish like a non-good finish but mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know how they're gonna do this i i 
because I, I honestly thought we'd see Macklin go after this TNA title pretty soon. I, that's what I was thinking. I think we were going to see him back in the title picture, but don't get me wrong. I, I'm going to be very excited to see him and Nimeth work together. They they only worked together one time in WWE, and that was in a battle royal. So, mm. uh, so I'm I'm anxious to see. And I mean, that is the other thing too that I that Fightful Select reported that Steve Macklin is contract is coming up. So maybe he's maybe this is his way of going out. You know, like against Nimeth. So. I mean, and if you want all the scoops, go ahead and subscribe to Fightful Select, the best five bucks in the business, $54 a year. Or if the math is wrong, like at Sacrifice, you can go and look it up yourself. And that's what we want you to do. And if your math is bad like mine, go ahead and put $20 in that super chat, which is somewhere around this screen. It lets us know that you like it. And we have Humper Chats. Humper Chats let us, that. lets us keep a little bit more of the proceeds. And you could put your $500 and say, Cresta, I thought this was five dollars oh my god you bamboozled me no refunds thank you so much humperchats.com super chats on youtube fightful select you guys are fantastic thank you so much for being here now that i'm done shilling we're going on to our next subject which is kaz is suspended because he attacked a ref they played the video package from no surrender of kaz losing the match getting upset, attacking a ref. Then they show from earlier that day where the ref is telling him he can't come inside. Jim Miller says, hey, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you're not allowed here. Last time you were you were here, you, you kind of wowed out and you're suspended. And he's like, wow, yep. that's crazy, Jim Miller. You, you're Santino's lackey? Tell, tell Santino, does he think this is right? Do you think this is right, Rob? I thought it was right because you don't do that to an official. Now, actually, if it was, if he was going to do it, it's fine. It's Frankie Kazarian. I like him, but uh, <laughs> you know that that's the thing. It, the only thing that could have been better if Santino would have came out and maybe cut one of those promos to get mm -hmm. uh, to make everybody laugh, like he does. He used to do. He always tried to make people make people. Uh, Try to make people laugh on camera when they weren't supposed to. He tried to make them break, and that's the one thing I want more Santino of on Impact or excuse mm -hmm. me TNA. So, but I I did enjoy this. I thought it was the right thing to do, and I did like that uh, that they said he was suspended this week and next week. So they yes. at least explained that. So I have a feeling we will still see him next week, like maybe a backstage vignette or backstage segment something but they did explain it which is good yeah agreed um i'm gonna ask you a question rob and this is something that joel pearl asks asks ask you yeah ask what well, doesn't ask. matter you know what it I doesn't mean. matter every week he says when you see a luchador in tna what are they about to do and i ask you the same question rob wilkins when you see a luchador in tna what are they about to do they're about to go flying usually is what and lose and lose. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't win. That's, I mean, that's part of the call. Like, Hey, we're going to need you to come in and take a, take a loss. Are you up for it? <laughs> How as long as that mean? check clears, right? Come on now. <laughs> as long as the check clears, um, we have next Laredo kid versus Jake something. I really enjoy Jake something. 
but that is a large brick of meat man. And Laredo Kid, he is talented. He tried to hit him with the stick and move. Starting off with the Hurricane Runner early to make Jake something stumble out of the ring. I was like, oh, we're off to a good start. He tried it again on the outside, and Jake caught him and pop up powerbomb that man. I felt yeah. that the wind was out of me. Ah, but what My a back... go ahead. Sorry, my back started hurting after that powerbomb. I was like, damn. That was nuts. Like, with ease. With ease. Laredo Kid. I I have three notes. Laredo Kid tries again, gets the powerbomb. There was a giant into the void for the finish. And it was kind of out of nowhere because for, like, the last two minutes or at least the 30 seconds because i have no concept of time laredo kid was getting a lot of stick and move offense in and once jake something caught him once did that spin around into the void it was curtains do you have anything to add to this match laredo kid did great but jake something is a problem yeah jake something is is a problem and the only thing i could add is i think next time laredo kid sees that that uh TNA number, he's going to think twice about who <laughs> about answering it, or at least find out what he's going to be doing. Because that it, when he hit that the void there, oh man! And like I said, that power bomb on the outside, Oof. you could tell by the commentators, um, ha- uh, Hannafin and or yeah, is it Tom? It's I was Tom, Tom, yeah, yeah, I was calling Tom <laughs> Phillips, and I'm like, yeah, but Matt just their expression on there. I was just, like, you could hear it. Like both of them just kind of died a little bit when they said yeah. it. And I was just like, yeah, that that's going to leave a mark. And, but yeah, it was good. And Laredo kid, he's always fun to watch. And that was a, that was a good quick match. And it made Jake something look really good too. Yeah. Jake, something has been phenomenal in, the, in his last couple of matches and it's going to be hard. Well, let me not say hard. They kept putting over that Jake something is coming for the X division, um, the X division champion, and they don't know how Ali is going to handle that uh, because they were also promoting that Ali was at the end of the night was going to have his inauguration for being the new X division champion. I personally think that an Ali victory over Jake something or a Jake something victory over Ali would be monumental for either gentleman. I could see Ali winning over Jake something considering the post-match we have later on with the good hands being jabronis. So when we get to that, I'll elaborate on that later. Followed by the um, that match, we have the sound check with Alan Angels and Khan. So Alan Angels, we've been saying, is like the annoying little brother. Like, come on, be on my show. Mom said you got to be on my show. Come on, do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it. And that's what happened here again with Khan. Not only does he show up late, He's like, hey, bro, remember me, bro? Little bro, 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 who used to be in the design. <laughs> Happy you broke free, bro. Kept tapping him like, yeah, little bro. Khan was visibly like, bro, I'm literally taller than you. I'm not your bro. I'm not I'm not your younger brother, and I don't need your permission. I lost my headphone. Oh no. You you know what it you know what it re, you know what it reminded me of? That what? that that segment reminded me of Back in the day, Tom and Jerry, you know, Spike and uh, yes. his kid. Uh, I forgot the, the the pup's name, but that's what it reminded me of. Spike and the pup. Like, you had the one just anxious, and then Kong, mm. like, Kong was just like, all right, I'm just going to put you down a little bit, you know? So that's what it reminded me of. And then we get PCO, you know? So it was like, 
All right. And then horrible acting. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Which I'm is not, okay. I know what I'm getting. When when they yeah. kept mentioning PCO and then the lights went out, I'm like, surely not House of Black. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. My problem wasn't with PCO. I thought it was, I, I actually thought it was hilarious because it made me laugh. It was the security reaction is what got me. The security He's guards undead. just like, I was, I was done with that. I was like, oh, that's, I think I was intentionally bad. So <laughs> I was fine with it. Pete TNA. I, I got to tell you, sometimes you just, like you said, it's intentionally bad to the point. Like, I, I know what this is about. <laughs> I know what's happening here. There you go. The <laughs> pup's name's Tyke. There it is. Well, we figured it out, ladies and gents. Yeah. Um, yeah. After that, we have Diener and AJ Francis versus Joe Hendry and Rich Swan. Now, I want to be fair and kind to this match because I am a Joe Hendry stan. So everything Joe Hendry did to me was funny. That being said, Rich Swan is a clown. The entire time Joe Hendry was coming out doing his song and dance, Rich Swan is just like, <laughs> doing the worst when joe andrew was cutting his promo on aj francis not being able to go over the top rope why did rich swan run to the rope and do oh like you are not nice rich swan you're not a nice girl and i'm telling the teacher <laughs> <laughs> i died um the beginning of this match AJ Francis wanted Joe Hendry so bad. Rich Swan started off the match. He was not having it. They beat up poor Dean. Dina took the brunt of all of this. And Dina technically doesn't have anything to do with this AJ Francis, Joe Hendry, and low-key Rich Swan beef. Dina was just yeah. like, yo, I don't even want you to talk for me. And now, now I'm in a tag team with you? Yeah. yeah Rob, that was so please. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get this at all like, for him, for his standpoint, but I guess the way you could look at it for Diener is, hey, at least I'm doing something and not in catering. I mean, that's the way you could look at it, I guess. I mean, depending on what was in catering that night. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Rich was doing his little thing, and AJ, Joe Henry's great. Don't get me wrong. I, I absolutely love it. But mm -hmm. the the rope thing, it's getting kind of tiring. You know, like I've heard it a lot. So, it, I mean... That's just me, though. So, mm. I mean, I can but I don't know where that comes from. What's that? As I can understand where that comes from. Sometimes yeah. things like that can can get a little stale or can run yeah. the risk of being stale. Yeah, but yeah, that was my only. That's a, that was my only like issue with it. But overall, it was it was a decent match. It went by pretty quick. I i there was nothing that stood out per se mm -hmm. like I, it went the way i thought it would yeah i agree we get the finish of this match with the standing ovation on diener for a joe and rich swan win it was fine it was a standard match anytime joe hendry's on my screen i get to clap and i'm happy <laughs> mm. next we got a to me a confusing decay video package because i couldn't tell you what it, I, I think they were making a threat at MK Ultra to get the tag titles back, but they said you don't wipe your feet yet you sit at the table. We will wait. We're patient. Work diva. I I don't I I don't I don't know what this meant. That that's I I took it the same way you did. I think they were trying to get into the, the title 
like they were talking about titles. I think that's exactly where you were going with it. Um, because that's the only thing that made any sense out of it for me. Mm-hmm. The- yeah, I don't. I mean, myself and Joel spoke about how it seemed a little soon to take the belts off of MK Ultra to put it on Decay. And Decay absolutely made the mention of we had surprise on our side, but not anymore since they lost the belts. And I think taking the belts off of them was the right thing to do. You know what I mean? MK Ultra is so... Wait, no, wait. Does Decay still have the belts? Am I thinking of ABC? Am I bugging? No. um, Well... Uh, I know Decay took it off of them, but I didn't see no surrender because I had to go be a muggle. Uh, let me. No, I honestly forgot who won um, because everybody's been talking about that damn clip and I forgot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, was there a match? Uh, no. I don't remember anything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't. I just remember that. But uh, chat is. Uh, Promptly letting us know MK Ultra run them back. Yeah, okay. I thought that's I what thought I thought did. too. Yeah, I think that was the right idea, the right call. MK Ultra is so over. I think for better or for worse, no matter for what reason you like them, they're super over. I just err on the side of caution if they play ping pong with the belts because I can understand you wanting to put the belts on decay, but if you're going to do it, build it properly. You've proven yeah. with this point that yes, MK Ultra can be beat, but I will always champion that Masha Slamovich should be in your main title scene. And if I'm really keeping it funky, if I'm really keeping it funky, Killer Kelly has improved so much that I want to see her in the main event scene as well. These are great competitors as a tag team, but as singles competitors, I think there is so much unfinished business between Masha Slamovich and Jordan Grace. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, now I remember Jody Threat and I think Danny uh, Luna Luna came and made the save. So now I now I remember it. So, oh well. But no, well, thanks, Chat, for remembering. Come for on, us. Chat. Mm, chat, you so smart. Don't yeah. let anyone tell you differently, Chat. The smartest, the smartest wrestling fans are the ones on the internet. That was yes. not sarcastic. <laughs> Next we have, we're backstage with Gia Miller and Josh Alexander. And honestly, I love this segment. This segment was so, it was perfectly dumb. It was perfectly dumb, bro. Josh Alexander is being interviewed by Gia Miller. And Gia Miller's like, it's official at at um Sacrifice. It's going to be Josh Alexander versus Alex Hammerstone 2. And out of nowhere, here comes Dirty Dango and his crew of jabronis. Like, hey, I don't want to interrupt your time, but if you would like to join our wrestling school, the number's down at the bottom. The the same email and number that hasn't been there that's an invisible ink. Disgusting. So Josh Alexander starts asking, are you for real right now? You 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 need you need stu- you trying to ask for a match? You need students. He's like, no 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 no. We want students who are a year and under. You know, you you real real guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Josh Alexander says, man, if you wanted a match, Dango, you should have just said that. I'll go talk to Santino. It'll be fun. And Dango's like, oh, if you want to join our school, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that's the thing like it, that stood out, too, um, because 
like Hammerstone is a great signing. Mm-hmm. Like I that agree. is a fantastic signing. That's gonna be that's gonna be good for TNA. And I hope it's a multi-year deal. I assume mm-hmm. it is. I, I would assume it's probably a two or three year deal. And it's it's a great signing. I'm honestly shocked that and I'm glad it, TNA got him because I'm honestly shocked AEW or WWE did not get him because he has that look, you know. Yeah. That was, so it's it's good for Hammerstone. I'm glad he's getting a sizable payday now uh, compared to probably what he was getting. So it's good. I'm happy for him. Plus, he's already going into another match with Josh Alexander. That's so a that, good way to come good. in. Yeah. So they're going to make him look good. Josh Alexander is somebody that you Josh Alexander is going to have a hell of a match with anybody. If you can't have a, a good match with Josh Alexander, it's probably you. Come on and, now. Yeah. Come on now. There's a few people in wrestling. I, I say that about AJ Styles. If you can't get a good match out of AJ Styles, I, 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 yeah. that might be you. That might be you, buddy. I, I, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm very – so I liked how this went from a, a cool moment for the fans – for mm-hmm. TNA fans, because they're like, hey, we got another new guy. That's cool. Yeah. And then it even they added a little comedy into it too, like afterwards to to like with Dirty uh, Dango and the whole wrestling school. And what was and tr- like kind of funny to me too is Josh Alexander has a wrestling school, so it's just like one of those things. Dude, just the the whole aspect of all of it was pretty good. And honestly, every week for like the past six months, Dangle's been coming out here saying he hates professional wrestling. Josh Alexander loves professional wrestling. You're about to get beat up, and I cannot wait. (laughs) No matter how much Oleg Prudius interferes or Alpha Bravo interferes, you're you're taking that C4 spike, my guy. I I do not know what to tell you. (laughs) Yeah. We next have... Ali's inauguration as the X Division champions. Now, I thought that TNA, this was taped in Louisiana. I could be wrong. Or New Orleans. I could be wrong. It was recorded there. But the good hands called it Mississippi. Yeah, Disrespectful. They did. <laughs> they did. And I popped. Because I, I always love that when they just. Because that's the easiest way to get heat. It is Cheap the easiest heat. way to get heat is take take a shot at the city, take a shot at the state you're in, and to make it even worse is go to the state that you know they don't like. So if you say you're in so and so, yeah, and the like, best I mean, place is New Jersey, we're gonna be like, yeah. wow, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it's stuff like that. You know, the that's that's the thing. Like I, I mean, I've I've seen it like here. It's Living in Minnesota, I've seen wrestlers say, "I love Wisconsin," and just Target Center loses their mind and stuff like that. <laughs> just it's it's a great way to get get a pop, and it worked perfectly for for Mustafa there. And it was, uh, yeah. So it was, yeah. So <laughs> it was great. I loved it. Um, I would like to point out again. This is me not seeing no surrender. But it feels like this whole Ali Saban situation has been massaged by the good hands. Maybe Ali's paying them off. Maybe I missed something. But this seems like this is exasperated by the good hands. Like, 
Be in good hands, being jabronis, man. They're being the worst. They're literally being the worst. So we get the we did it, champs. We made the X division great again. And I started, I started dying. I'm like, yo, you're a piece of crap. That is <laughs> the best, worst. And Ali, this is Chef's Kiss. So here comes Saban coming out pissed. And the first thing he says. Ali, why don't you come out from behind that podium and talk to me like a man? And all I thought was, but the podium is glass. You can literally see through it. He's not hiding behind <laughs> anything. I, I I, mean, I guess Ali obliged and said, the floor is yours. Saban said that you had these good hands. You cheated. You're a piece of crap. And all you do is manipulate everyone. And you manipulated the good hands. And I'm like, yo, to be fair, everybody manipulates the good hands. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the good hands be manipulated by Bully Ray, Ali, who was one of the manipulators, Macklin, and the, everyone manipulates the good hands. It's, it's the thing they to do. do. It's the thing to do, yeah. man. Like, you can't be mad at that. Saban, you could manipulate the good hands, Saban. I know that's not your gig, but you could manipulate the good hands. If they ever get rebranded, that should be their name, the manipulators, because that's all they do. They get manipulated. <laughs> they get manipulated every time. But Ali's response was, perfect he's like this is slanderous <laughs> yeah. and you don't you know the best thing about all of this is you can genuinely you can look at ali and you can just tell he's happy and that's what yes. makes all of it just even better for me so it was so good this this whole segment made me audibly laugh Mm-hmm. It was also really poignant that Ali was like, you could say all these things about me, but you know what's crazy is that you're upset that people support me. Not a singular person supported you during No Surrender. They were <laughs> all cheering Ali. And he said, you know what? Saban said you might be right, but I'm not a politician. I'm a wrestler. <laughs> the fighting ensues. Good hands and Ali all get into a fight with Saban. Here comes Time Jacket Rocket. I don't know which combination this is, but there's a gun and there's a sometime and there's a jacket. So this combination comes out. It was Kevin Knight and Kushida, and they ran them off. Well, Mm -hmm. they didn't run them off. Ali was extracted from the chaos while the good hands got beat up, (laughs) which is par for the course. Before we do the George Iceman segment, let's just go until we were backstage with Ali, who's mad. I mean, to be fair, if let's just say for this moment that the secretaries of defense are the good hands, they did a terrible job. Why did Chris Saban put his hands on me? I pay you to, I pay you to protect me. But yes. that being said, if everyone manipulates the good hands, you know they're terrible at their job, no matter yeah. what job you give them. The only job they're good at is losing. That's why we hire them. So why did you think the good hands was going to protect you, Ali? Come on. There's a lot of knock it off going on right here. There's a lot of knock it off. Um, he said you ruined everything to Saban and to Kushida. I, I just I want to call him Machine Gun Time Jacket. I'm pro- that's probably wrong, and I apologize. But that's you guys' name in my heart, Machine Gun Time Jacket. He said <laughs> there will be consequences for your actions, and I would love for Ali to take them out one by one. What did you think of the inauguration, Rob? And what did you think about the follow up backstage promo with Ali and the Good Hands and security? I was uh, I was texting a friend like during that that segment, and I said, uh, you know. In a few months, we're going to be getting debates here in the States. And I go, this is a debate I'd rather have than the other ones that I'm going to see. I enjoy this. Mm -hmm. And Ali, 
I think you you hit it right on the head there. I think Ali taking him out separately would be a good way to go. Plus, we get good matches there too. Ali versus Kushida. Yes. I mean, come on. Uh, Kevin Knight versus Kushida. Uh, Kevin Knight versus Ali. Yes. I mean, that, that's the great thing about about what you said. Give me individual matches. Let them take each of them out and then go on from there. So, and the good hands can still be there to just get a good beating. <laughs> that's yeah. Honestly, I would love even for Alex Shelley versus Ali, if that's what it takes to get back to saving that. Blah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for these matches and you can have your multi-man matches. You can still do that with the with Ali, the good hands you could do. I think right now Shelly is still trying to do world heavyweight title stuff with Moose shenanigans if he's not out. And you can still have your saving Chris, uh, not Chris Knight. Um, sorry, um, Kevin Knight and Kushida. And it would still slap any combination of these guys. I'm excited for Ali here in Impact because I want to see Ali versus Speedball. Yes. I need that oh. in my veins. Yeah. Him versus Josh Ali. I need that. I need that. I know he want to see Ali versus Jordan Grease. <laughs> there's yeah, there's so many matches that like that's a that's a great thing about fantasy booking. You get so many good matches that that you can get like with Ali and then I mean hell, you look at it this way even with Nick Nimeth there. Like there's even more matches now too and and then you add you add uh Hammerstone. So mm-hmm. I mean they just added three big names to that co- to their company within a what five week span. So good for them. And I mean, not for nothing for only losing to two big bright stars in Nao and Trinity and Diana. You got some good ways to replace it now. You once you fill the women's division, which I have absolute faith in them that they will. This is a these are all good calls, and there's so many dream matches. Hammerstone versus Jake something. Big, meaty men slapping me. I need and, that. And, yeah, and we still don't know what Macklin's going to do yet. So, I mean, there's, exactly. there's people can speculate, but he might already made up his mind or he might have. We don't know. And the thing is, is, he could stay and that just adds more to the more fuel for the fire there. So I, I'm excited to see what they do there. So it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, we are coming up on the last stretch. I told you we're going to give you 45 minutes of power, and it might be closer to 50, but we're coming in on the home stretch. we got two more segments, one Ash by Elegance and then the main event. So if you've got Super Chats, if you got Humper Chats, I don't even know where to look at Humper Chats, but we'll get to them, and Joe Pearl's going to come at me next week and be like, Crest the Star, what is this? Shenanigans and shame. So get the Super Chats in. We'll read them. Let's get into this next to last segment. We have George Iceman and Ash by Elegance as Kushida and all of them are still leaving the, the ring from the brawl. Here comes George. I'm like, I have an announcement, everyone. Such a big announcement. Ash by Elegance is here. Yes. She comes out and she says that I'm having my next match next week. Yay. You're welcome. <laughs> now, I've been trying to be positive because I say give peace a chance. That's what I like to do. Give peace a chance. And I'm like... I don't know. Let me not say I don't know. I'm not a wrestler. And I'm queen of you can't do what a wrestler does. Maybe shut the up. That's me. <laughs> that's me. That's me. That's fine. And that's okay. 
But I gotta tell you, I, I, George Iceman is the best part of this daggone gimmick, and I, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm, I am trying. She looked nice, she looks great, but even the match last week, I'm like, yo, may, I, maybe I need to see another match. And I know next week, may, maybe I could be wrong, but I feel like next week I'm gonna have to see another match before I can, you know, you know what? I, I, I want to be positive. I want to be positive. I want to be positive, Pete. I want to be. I want to be. But George Iceman right now for me is the is the saving grace of this gimmick. Please tell me I'm crazy and that I'm wrong. Please tell me I'm wrong, Rob. Well, I, I don't. I think. I think you're. Well, I, I think your opinion is good because that's how you feel. I think she'll be fine. I really do. Because I mean, we've seen what she's done in, in previously in WWE. She. I mean, she worked her ass off with that WWE 24-7. She wanted to get that title. Like, mm-hmm. She wanted that to be the secondary title for the women. I mean, she, she did honestly. I'm not honestly complaining be... about her in-ring. I'm, it's it's this. You're talking it's, about the character? It's the character okay, gotcha. for me. Sorry, I, I misunderstood. Yeah. But yeah. No, okay. no, I the character, I sorry, I misunderstood. The character, yes. The mm-hmm. I'm I'm hoping for more. And you're right, George. Um, Iceman. Yeah, that's that's better and again i thought you were talking about the oh the no like part, so i have full faith in anyone who gets signed to tna especially the women's division because that is not a division you can tee he in that you yeah. have people like jordan grace masha slamovich even on your quote-unquote back end you still got giselle shaw you still got taya valkyrie not taya valkyrie i'm sorry um tasha Steeles, zaya brookside there's not there is not a nan woman on that roster that can't beat up almost any guy on the male roster hey, that that's that's what I, I said let me be clear it's it is it is this character that's i'm just like i'm ships in the night i'm missing it i i want to be wrong i want to be wrong I, I like being wrong when it comes to wrestling i want to be sports entertained yes exactly so yeah i i think uh i think they'll i think she'll i think they'll figure it out with her character mm. though i i do i i i, th- I think they will so We'll I mean, she's not week. she's not walking around with a pen and paper for uh for um oh who was it Apollo Cruz and um oh Titus yeah, oh. Worldwide yeah yeah she's not doing that so I mean that's positive right now so you know at first I thought you were going with the uh the iconist gimmick when uh I think it was oh my god I forgot who it was was walking around with their resume I'm like but that oh yeah Billy Kay and Billy that's been so funny <laughs> yeah. Here's my yeah. resume. This is why you should have me in a tag team. Yeah. Really, oh, those were good. Those were good segments. I Honestly, miss those ladies. Somebody said this to me the other day, and it makes so much sense. The iconics were ahead of their time. That's what it is. The iconics were ahead of their time. And they may have seemed annoying, but now with all these women tag teams, the one legit one, the iconics were ahead of their time and mm-hmm. they deserve their flowers. Yes, exactly. I just the ex, you hit it right on the head again. Like, I mean, you're good at this because they were ahead of their time. Because there's there's something about wrestlers when they can pop the crap, like pop the fans at home. Mm-hmm. Like, you're you're set, and that's one thing that I never understood about. Um, and I, I know this is a TNA show, but I that's one thing I never understood about WWE. Like when they have stuff that works, sometimes they just didn't want it to work. And the, the iconics, they had it because people yeah. loved their segments and they, they went away them from it or hated yeah. them. And they got yeah. a reaction. 
And in this situation, in this new landscape, I would have loved to see the icon. I mean, they did go to TNA as the influence. No. Were they the influence? Because I know someone else. Jesus. Was that Madison Rain and were the influence? It's too much lore. It's too much lore. Wrestling happens at you fast. The point I'm trying to make is I would love to see them back. All yeah. right. Next match. We got, I thought we were done, but we were not. We still got two more segments. I lied before the main event, ladies and gentlemen. But still sending your super chats because we'll be your friends forever. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know about Rob, but I will. I'll be your friend. Yeah, hey. you send a super chat. I'll be your friend. I'll be your friend for uh, 10 minutes. No more. Yeah. I'll be your friend. <laughs> it's like Toy Story. Next, I'll be your friend. Next, we had Tasha Steeles versus Zaya Brookside. Now, the first match between them, I wasn't really into it. The second match, I was like, all right, okay. This match, I was like, yo, you girls, stop fighting each other outside. You're going to get counted out. And that's exactly what happened. I'm not mad at this because Impact very, very, I'm sorry, TNA very rarely, 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 rarely ever does count out finishes. And mm -hmm. I think this keeps both ladies strong. I'm sorry I ended at the finish, but I'm telling y'all that's what happened. You saw the show. That's why you're here, okay? You saw the show. I that think it keeps... Most... Go ahead. No, I was going to say that was the most interesting thing. It's the way it ended and then who came out afterwards, so... Yeah, so it's like, I think it keeps both these ladies strong. There is absolutely a rubber match between these two ladies, and there's a good chemistry between Saya and um, Tasha Steeles. Um, there was a, in the beginning, there was a missed drop, drop kick from Saya, and she popped up, and then Tasha Steeles caught her with a big pump kick, and I was like, damn, you had to kick that little girl like that. That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. She hit her with everything she had, and Either she kicked that girl with full force or Zaya sold it like she had life dependent on it. Either way, that looked great. The double count out, like I said, was a surprise. And I'm not mad at that. They both get back in the ring like, yo, what's going on? What do you mean it's 10? Here comes Jordan Grace post-match saying, I don't care. I'll fight both of you girls. I'm like, hey, yeah. that's what we like to see. Now, my mind yeah. is of three ways going into this. I think Jordan could easily retain. But I feel oh, yeah. like that's an easy option. Tasha Steeles was one of the greatest to beat the greatest. So Tasha Steeles is absolutely someone who could sneak in and beat Jordan Grace. Zaya Brookside, first of all, you in this type of match? Come on, girl. Come on, Zaya Brookside. I could see her winning on some we trust the future of our knockouts division. And someone like her, a Danny Luna, a Jody threat. Even Killer Kelly is the future of your knockouts division. So I I don't think Zaya would win in a triple threat, but I think her showing is going to be gnarly in it. Yeah, this match is going to be good next week. And I do I do think Jordan Grace will retain, uh, but it, I do like that they, they set it up for a good triple threat match. And I liked how Jordan said, I, I don't care. Let's mm -hmm. do it. So mm -hmm. let's go. I agree with that. I I love Jordan Grace as a as a competitor, and I always want to see her go for the TNA World Heavyweight Champion because I think she'd be an amazing champ. Champ. I think she's Jordan Grace and Deanna Perazzo are always two uh, women wrestlers that I want to give their flowers to all the time. So, shout outs to her. We now get a backstage promo of Rhino, and. If we're doing ECW promos with Rhino, and I just see that's what it is. The camera's shaking, and all this promo was, F you, Crazy Steve. I'm yeah. going to beat you up. 
F you crazy, Steve. All right, work, Diva. Anything to add? No, you pretty much. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what it was. I was expecting. I was expecting ECW music to start playing. You know, like how it how it would start on TNN. Like you're just <laughs> like, that's exactly what I it felt like too. So all I was missing was the brick in the background and the uh, chain link fence. And whenever people say ECW, I for some reason hear Jeff Jarrett's music going. <laughs> that's not easy to me, but I just feel like that's the music that would play Jeff Jarrett's theme. <laughs> yeah. You're about to get jobbed. Yeah, Finally, our main event we've got ABC, Chris Bay, Ace Austin, and Eric Young versus the system, Moose, Brian Myers, the most professional wrestler, and Edward Edwards with Alicia Edwards. Now, I don't really have any notes for this match. Because I felt like this match was what it needed to be, what it was going to be. Yeah. The crowd did not like the system. The crowd made it very well known. Like with AJ's Francis, how they thought he sucked, how their distaste of the system. Um, I'm just gonna skip to the end. I'm a no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lie. That's a lie. I'm a liar, and that's all I do. I'm a wrestling fan. I lie. Um, <laughs> there was a senton from Chris Bay onto Moose on the outside. But it was a beautiful seated senton. But Moose caught this man and power bombed this man onto the apron. And much like that buckle bomb earlier on the not buckle bomb, that um that power bomb on the outside to Laredo kid. Uh I felt that I wouldn't have got up after that. I'm paralyzed. Call my mama. What the internet said I need some milk after that. I'm dead. I am dead, bro. There's a the the finish from the system, I gotta say, that looks like something straight up out of Mortal Kombat or one of those games where you have like four people that could do an assist. You get a big boot into the corner, into a power bomb, into an elbow drop, all on poor Chris Bay, which ridiculous, by the way, for the win. Uh I that finisher, I hate the system, but the it, the system works and that works. That's that that's some fancy triple tag team wrestling. What did you think of this match, Rob? They the the system they are they are working on all cylinders. The system is working on all cylinders right now. Uh, when Moose when he's in that ring, he's just he's just he's just controlling like the action. He has a he has a presence on him. Like depending on the depending on how you feel about it, like he just has he has the it and he just just makes it easy like he just makes yeah. it look easy for for him and i feel bad for his competitors because <laughs> he makes it look he makes it look good too and that's the thing that's uh overall the right team won because they're on fire so mm -hmm. and uh, the thing too is i like abc so i was kind of it's one of those things where it's yeah i like that's the easiest way to say it. that it's in my opinion it's i get the point i understand why they went that way yeah yeah i i think that as someone who's been down on eddie edwards all of these men at some point this is the best all of them and the edwards is myers and moose have looked the system like the system just works and this group is what i wish honor no more was this group, oh. it, it's really good. This, this, I, it's good. I do like ABC as well. 
But ABC being so beloved, being so liked, I could see the system beating ABC and everyone hating the system even more. So the next people who beat them, maybe like a grizzled young veterans might, it, it won't be as bad because we hate the system. We hate these guys. These guys suck. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think you put it perfectly there. The system, the, the system, if they keep going the way they are going, they will get that kind mm -hmm. of heat where it's just like, again, it's, and it's not going to be like change the channel heat. It's going to be like, like boo. Like, I don't like these, these guys, guys can't at all. keep like, getting away with yeah, this heat. <laughs> like, somebody get them, you know? So, yeah. That I, I can think, see it. yeah, I think that's the way to go, too. I think you, you keep building them, keep getting them hot, and get to the point where the fans just can't stand them. And you got some fire there. Yeah. We're going to round off the night with this last super chat from the Doc Housing. Chris Muller said, just got here. Joel is looking better than ever. You ain't no. Come on, Joel. <laughs> Joel Rob Wilkins Pearl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> hey, I'm going to promote something real quick for Chris. He has an interview with Sting coming out. Like, I, I want to say maybe tomorrow. I, I could be wrong, Chris, but it, it is coming out pretty soon. He, he got to interview Sting, so... Good for him on Bleacher cool. Report. So make sure you check that out. Uh, Chris, you can tell us if it's tomorrow or when it is, but I know it's coming out. So good for him, man. I'm proud of him that he got to do that. Come on, so. Doc Housen. We love everyone. And you know what, Rob? Yeah. Yep, Promote tomorrow. Yourself. Where okay. can people find you? You can find me on Fightful Overbooked on Fridays at 3 o'clock Eastern with Maggie. We host a show called Coexisting with Rob and Maggie. It's a good time. We also... Just have a lot of good times. This Sunday, we will also be having the, uh, what's that AEW show? Revolution pre-show on Fightful Select at 1 o'clock Eastern time. And we're going to have a good time doing that too. So we're going to be talking AEW Revolution. We're going to talk Sting. And then I also have a new show that's going to be starting sometime next week. It is a movie review show on Fightful Overbooked, and it's with uh, Gisberto Guzzo, and we interviewed uh, Masse, a.k.a. Mason Madden, and we let him review, pick out the movie that we reviewed, and it was Kill Bill Volume 1, and we had a good time. We have a really good interview set up for next week as well. Not going to jinx it, so because we haven't recorded it yet, So, but we are looking forward to it. And we don't know what day that's going to be, but it's coming up. But you can follow me at Rob Wilkins on X. I'm also on Instagram at Fightful Rob and on threads at Fightful Rob. And want to say thank you, Cresta, for putting up with me because we had a blast, I think. And I love working with you because we get to make fun of Scott Demore's little boy. That's crazy. Everyone makes fun of Joe Pro, but we love Joe Pro. And it's never yeah, a bother working with you. Rob, you are the greatest of all time. And if you want to be the greatest of all time too, ladies and gentlemen, you can go ahead and follow me on X. Cresta, the star, like Megan the Stallion. There's a link tree in my bio. You can follow me on all forms of social media. Everywhere else is just Cresta Star. On Wednesdays, I am live for um, AEW and we watch it together. Friday, no, Thursdays, I am here with Rob sometimes. 
or whoever else sometimes, Joe Pearl, most of the times we go over all things that happen on TNA. Saturdays, I am here with Iridian and Rick. We're doing Collision, but I will be here this Sunday for Revolution covering it with Iridian and Phil. How fun is that? I won't be here for this Saturday Collision because I'm going to House of Glory. Listen, I got to get my indie wrestling on. I have there been opened up to the world of wrestling, and now it's like crack, baby. I'm Speaking <laughs> of crack, I'm going to end this right promptly because I'm going to go back to MLW because it's four blocks away from my house. <laughs> Ladies Ooh. and gentlemen, boys and girls, do not forget to subscribe to Fightful Select, the best five bucks in the biz. We've got so many interviews, so many contracts, things coming up. We can't wait to see you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those beyond the binary, we will see you next time. Have a good one. Take care of yourself and each other. Bye-bye. Bye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.